Hey, yo. Welcome back to another brand new episode of the Nothing Important Podcast. I am your host, Matt Reyes. I just finished eating a motherfucking meal. I'm feeling good and full. Not a better feeling. It's probably a better feeling than feeling full, but um, <laughs> I just had a ghetto-ass meal. Some leftovers. It was good. It was good. Whoever invented the air fryer, you, you got that. You got that, bro. Is that, you know... Was that one of Nikola Tesla's journal entries? The other idea they stole from that nigga, you know? I love Nikola Tesla. Um, bad, bad businessman. If nobody knows who the fuck Nikola Tesla is, great documentary on Amazon Prime. No, it is not anti-Semitic. You got to say that now. <laughs> it's not an anti-Semitic documentary. It's a documentary about a guy who's from, I think he's from like Eastern Europe or some shit like that. And he was, you know, he arguably is one of the greatest creative minds, creators, inventors ever, ever. This guy's arguably one of the most brilliant individuals who's had thoughts in their brain and wildly imaginative thoughts, wildly imaginative thoughts and had the ability to put that into the real world, um, I love Nikola Tesla, not only for the fact that most of modern technology, idealistically and actually he proved the concept concept scientifically, most of what we're doing on a daily basis is dependent on the groundwork that he laid in the world of, of science and invention. Turning on the light switch, the fact that we have, you know, power grids, um, all that shit is due to that individual. You could even argue cell phone towers is what he had in upstate New York. Go watch the motherfucking documentary. It's safe for the Jews too. And um, I love Nikola Tesla, but he was just like a, he was a naive businessman. I don't even know if he was naive. I think he just didn't care about money. You know, he's a guy that didn't care about money, which is an admirable, rare quality for an individual to be so possessed by purpose, so possessed by vision by, uh, you know, bringing into this physical reality the improvements that would not only help the people around him, his generation, his times, but lay groundwork for the future of civilization to, you know, push forward technologically with ease. You know, it's a humane, um, it's a humane pursuit to contribute to society in such a way just for the sake of contribution. Beautiful, my nigga. Um, so that was Nikola Tesla. Why did I bring his ass up? I was talking about being full um, and eating a ghetto meal. Oh, I was talking about the guy who invented the air fryer. Yeah, that guy is not Nikola Tesla, but that was a really good invention. <laughs> the air fryer is a man's best friend. Used to be a dog. We got to make a, a edit in the in the Bible. In the King James Version of the Bible. The LeBron James Version of the Bible. You know what I mean? Let's make an edit. And instead of the dog being the man's best friend, let's put motherfucking air fryers. Because let's just be honest. You know? There's guys out there that they cook for themselves and they nasty in the kitchen. We call those guys gay. No. Um, there's heterosexual men that are chefs and into culinary arts. But you know what I'm saying? Like the, the, I think the average dude grew up eating Hot Pockets. You, like the shit that was made by their own hands. Grilled cheese, Hot Pockets, 
TV dinners. You know, that's how I came up. You know, a lot of guys, it's not even like a poverty thing. It's just like dudes are not, the average guy is not intrigued by the kitchen. And um, so air fryer just makes shit so easy, bro. Like, it really makes shit fancy, too. Like, <laughs> I swear to God, it makes shit fancy. Like, the way it cooks, the, the I guess it's technology. It doesn't feel like technology. It's like basically like an aluminum plate. Not aluminum, but some type of non-melting uh, plastic or metal. Like, the, the shit that you see on the non-stick pans, it looks like that, that material. And it's like a plate, and you put it in there. And it's like hovering over the bottom fryers, I guess. And then there's a fryer on the top, which is like air frying. It's hot. It's not a microwave. Hot air. Um, <laughs> this is why I'm never, con- you know, I would never call myself an inventor because just my explanation of this is retarded. But. Basically, it's a plate, and the plate has a whole bunch of little holes in it, so the air can circulate one, one eighty, um, or three sixty, or whatever the fuck is going on, whatever's going on in that when you close that that goddamn drawer. And what the effect that it has is that it not only warms food up like leftovers, or if you're gonna cook something that's frozen, but it gives it like a nice glaze on the top. It looks very professional. So if you throw some leftover mac and cheese and you know a chicken breast in that bitch. It will be cooked to perfection. It will be warmed to perfection, but the top layer just has that like tss, nice char. Beautiful. Go buy an air fryer. Why not? Why not? Um, that was actually a gift from my aunt. Shout out to Irene. Irene. Stereotypical Spanish nigga with an aunt named Irene. Um, Irene. Is like how you say it in Spanish. I know a lot of people are like Irene, right? Uh, <laughs> it. And uh, yeah, she sent that to me for Christmas. And it was a great gift. Air fryer, man's best friend. I'm just saying. <clears throat> I'm really good at like cooking guy shit. I'm good at making eggs. I'm good with, I'm nasty with the air fryer. I know the exact time and temperature that I need to put. And I, I don't read the instructions, ladies and gentlemen. I'm doing this 100% off field. You could call this a motherfucking skill. You could call it what it is, an art form. Lazy man cooking? Come on, son. I mastered it. I mastered it. You know? Everything that requires a medium level of effort in the kitchen, I have taken to a mastery level and made those types of foods delicacies. What am I talking about? If I make a grilled cheese... You're going to want to suck my dick after. I'm just being honest. I don't know who's listening. But if I made you a grilled cheese, you're going to catch emotions very quickly because I'm nasty with the grilled cheese. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I got the tricks to the motherfucking trade, ladies and gentlemen. You want a little bit of motherfucking tricks? You put two types of cheese in the bread. You put butter in the pan. You don't butter the bread. You smash down the sandwich and you wait till it gets light brown on either side. Take the sandwich out. Cheese is not fully melted. You take a small amount of mayo and you, you you spread that on either side of the sandwich. Then you throw that bitch back in there. Why mayonnaise? It's like fucking fat. It'll melt down like fat and it'll give it the most beautiful brown layer. And by the time the cheese is melted, you're going to want to suck my dick. I'm just telling you the truth. 
I'm just speaking facts. I'm just trying to speak loudly because Moana's in the background. My my daughter's favorite movie. I'm getting a little tired of it. Um, but uh, what else? What other food am I nasty with making in the motherfucking kitchen? Tuna. My tuna fish is unparalleled. Now, understand little prerequisite to understanding why I'm so nasty when I'm cracking open a can of tuna and chefing that bitch up, turning what essentially starts off as cat food into a delicious... Uh, I, I guess tuna's Jewish, right? <laughs> who invented tuna? Like the, the tuna fish sandwich, who invented that? You know, I know the Jews love that, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm thinking about it right now. I'm like, you know, why are Jews so similar? Like, th- this is what my, my observation is. The best people in the history of comedy, what race are they? Two races come to my brain. The funniest people, when you talk about all-time goats, it's usually a black guy, African-American, or Jew. Let's keep it honest. Let's keep it fucking out. I'm not saying there's not other people that are up there on the Mount Rushmore. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying other races don't compete, but I'm kind of saying that. If we're talking about quantity combined with quality, the top funny people are black guys and Jews. And I think that comes from some cultural similarities. Now, one would say black people, uh, African-American people, have been through in America a completely different experience than Jewish people. The thing is, you know, those comics that are, are legends, they typically grow up modest or poor. You know what I mean? The Richard Pryors, the Martin Lawrences, the Dave Chappelle's. You know, Dave Chappelle's a little bit of an outlier, but I don't think he was rich. The point of what I'm trying to say is that there's this level of struggle. struggle. Chris Rock, level of struggle that brings about this, uh, I guess it's a defense mechanism that makes those people so funny and their natural wit and observation combined with those things has brought them into what they are. But culturally, in an African-American culture, people are just typically very funny, you know? And the same thing happens with Jews because black people grow up poor and Jewish people grow up acting poor. Um, <laughs> anti-Semitic? No, they know it. And um, <laughs> tuna fish is one of those things. Like that's one of those like in the Venn diagram of ghetto ass meals. The Jews love a tuna fish sandwich. Who else likes tuna fish sandwiches? Fed babies, niggas that did serious time. <laughs> My stepfather, he did he did five state, seven federal. The nigga used to love motherfucking tuna. And that's why I learned the craft, you know? You got to chop up a whole motherfucking onion. Two cans of tuna, an entire onion. An entire onion. I like to go a little crazy. I do uh, a fourth of a white onion and an entire red onion. And um, mix those in there to dry. Nothing yet. You salt, pepper lightly. Then you add the mayonnaise. And you mix that bitch up. Once it has a decent consistency, then you could throw some more salt and some more pepper in there. And the, the magic trick, ladies and gentlemen, is that you want to cut a motherfucking fresh, sour-ass lemon. You, you, you motherfucker, cut that. You squirt that bitch on there. You're going to want to suck my dick. Um, 
Just being honest, man. With ghetto meals, I'm nasty with it. There's people out here that, you know what I'm saying? They don't even know how to pour a bowl of cereal. Their ratio from cereal to milk is all fucked up. Now I'm going to come at the Jews. I used to watch Seinfeld growing up. And I don't know if this was like an acting prop. He couldn't, you know, consume too much cereal because they was having different takes. But I would see Jerry Seinfeld in a scene eating some dry ass cereal. Like, where's the milk? Where's the milk in the motherfucking bowl? That's not how it's done. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm nasty with shit like that, man. I'm, I'm really good with that. I tell my girl that too because she went to culinary school and she doesn't believe me. It's one of those things where it's like people, for the most part, believe everybody's like them to a certain degree. So it's it's like projecting. I don't know what the word is for, but it's almost like only being able to see the world in comparison to how you view it and not ever having the ability to get out of it your body step in somebody else's shoes and really understand they have a completely vastly different perspective, different taste, different things get them off sensory wise. Everybody's different in so many fucking different ways. It's just the roll of the motherfucking dice genetically and whatever's dormant, whatever's recessive genetics and all those things, experiences, we're all an amalgamation. I'm not going to go over it again. What I'm saying is I would tell my girl, like, if we wasn't together, I would eat once a day and it will be a ghetto ass meal <laughs> it will be a ghetto ass meal if i had it my way i would eat once a day i would wake up in the morning i would eat twice a day this is what i would do i would wake up in the morning i would get the biggest fucking mug i can find and i fill it with black just black coffee i got a coffee filter i got the little you know pour over shit very therapeutic when you wake up to put coffee grains in a filter and another filter, put that over a pot and pour hot water over that motherfucker, the kettle. Very therapeutic for me. I put way too many grains in there. So my coffee is just extremely bitter, extremely full of motherfucking Bustelo. And I get a big old mug of that and I'll throw a spoon of sugar in that motherfucker. Just mix it up, which I'm, I'm going to start transitioning to honey so I don't get fucking diabetes like my grandma. Um... And I do that, and what I would do idealistically, if I was like a, a lonely man, <clears throat> if I was alone, so I tell my girl, you know, so I could stay sane. I imagine a life without her. Um, <laughs> I'd say if I was alone, what I would do is I would drink that coffee, and I might have like a croissant. I like a chocolate croissant in the morning. I like that. I like that. A chocolate croissant. In the air fryer for one minute. Air fryer, one minute. 275 degrees. You're just melting the chocolate ever so slightly. You're just putting a very light crisp on the top of that beautiful croissant. You don't want to cook it too much. Dry out all the butter. Croissants are croissants because of those layers of butter that they roll into the dough. You don't want to fuck up what it is. You just want to enhance the experience a little bit. So that's what I would do. And that would be my breakfast. And... um <clears throat> as long as we're in fucking fantasy, that I could just drink a big mug of espresso with sugar and a chocolate croissant in the morning. Like, that's not going to cause any long-term damage to my fucking body. Uh, why not my, my fucking brunch, lunch, and uh, afternoon meal just be cigarettes? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. I wish I was fucking French so I would feel no guilt. 
I would smoke Cruella DeVille long skinny cigarettes all fucking day. That's what I would do. But I'm American. And they put poison in the tobacco. Um, <clears throat> why does nobody just sell? I don't want to be the fucking gay guy to roll up my own cigarettes. That's the issue. And I'm, I'm going to have to start doing that because I want to smoke tobacco. But they just put all this shit in it. It's like, why? Um, so that would be my diet. And then for dinner, I would have a meal and it would be a ghetto meal. It would be a ghetto meal. And I would chef it up to the point where it would be like, you know what I'm saying? Something that a high-end diner would serve, you know? A delicacy in the eyes of, of people who have been through the, the correction system or Jewish people. You know what I mean? Nice tuna sandwich. <clears throat> you know what I think it is as well? It's like these foods are very simple, but when they're done right, such comfort foods. Such fucking comfort foods. So delicious. So delicious. Um, I just ate leftover mac and cheese with chicken breast and green beans. Very good. But uh, I, I would always preference over even a hot meal. And tell me if I'm crazy about this. Like a scoop of cold ass tuna on bread. To me, that's like, there's nothing like that. I'm a cold sandwich guy too. Like when I was, you know, growing up in New York, people looked at me like I'm fucking crazy. Like I was crazy. I would get a chicken breast with mozzarella cheese, lettuce, tomato, salt, pepper, um, vinegar, oil on a roll, cold. And it was the greatest fucking thing. It, 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 something about the, it being that temperature made it feel healthy, I guess. I don't know what it was, but I, I'm a cold sandwich guy. Is that, is that strange? You know? Um, that's what I'm into, man. That's what I'm into. And so, you know, if I didn't have the life that I have right now where I'm, I'm, I'm so pampered by delicious, extravagant meals, uh, I would probably be 180 pounds, which I'm going to be 180 pounds soon. Ladies and gentlemen, it's just going to happen. It's just going to motherfucking happen. I got to prove manifestation to you one way or another. I can't just be sitting here telling you this, that, and the third and not giving you the motherfucking example Watch how this happens. I like, I'm on Instagram a lot and there's like this kid. And I like when people take nonsensical, ideological, uh, philosophical perspectives and they twist them from the, you know, the black hole of insanity that they actually are into something positive. I like that. And that's what this kid does. You know, there's this theory that goes on. First time I heard it was in Los Angeles. Everybody was on it. I got into sales. I was like 24, 25 years old. And everybody I was working with, the young guys I was hanging out with, they were like 30, 31, 32 years old. And um, they would all be like, yeah, it's a simulation. This is a simulation. Light hologram. Simulation. I would talk about all this shit. And then, you know, from that, I started to hear people talk about like NPCs. And I don't know what the acronym stands for, but... The way it's been described is like everybody's just part of a simulation, like we're video game characters. And so there's this kid on Instagram that he does that. He says, this is proof that everybody's an NPC and uh, you could just do whatever you want. Nothing matters. And he goes out in public and he embarrasses himself. Uh, no, he's not embarrassing himself. He's, <laughs> he's like singing and shit and he's young. Um, 
And what, what he's really trying to like the emotion of what he's trying to express is that you shouldn't care what people think about you. But, you know, the way that he gets to that conclusion is very complicated and depressing. And so I'm just encouraging everybody. Just find a positive in everything. There's a positive angle. There's a way to motherfucking lazy Susan spin that bitch 180 and you will find a perspective that suits uh, uh, an outcome that is favorable in your circumstance. It doesn't always have to be one way to get where you motherfucking going. Focus on the motherfucking destination and stop worrying about the boat that you in, bitch. Sorry. Um, That just reminded me of this other thing. (laughs) I talked about this before, like how much of my internal RAM, the memory card in my brain is filled up with bullshit because I spend so much time throughout my entire life. I'm 30 years old. Since I was 15, I've been on various social media sites ruining my brain. You know, could have spent all that time developing a new talent. You know, I could do a couple things all right, but I could I could spend all that time doing something else. And I just spent it absorbing content on various sites. And uh, so I wonder what percentage, you know, you can go into your iPhone um, and go into your settings and check how much of your... Your 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 RAM is uh, is it called RAM? How many gigabytes of memory in your iPhone is being taken up? And you can even you know one more click and see a drop down of what is taking up what percentage of your phone's memory. I wish we could do that with our brains, you know, so I could see that I need to delete all that porn, you know, <laughs> I need to delete all that social media shit. You know, arguments with people for no goddamn reason, disagreements with people for no goddamn reasons, you know, shit that emotionally affected me in the moment. And then three months later, I just forget about, but it's still there as as an emotional memory. So I just, I just keep the emotional memory, but I don't even fucking, the context of it is just not even fucking important. I just want to delete, delete, recycle bin, delete. Yeah. I mean, we'll be able to do that soon, right? We're going to be able to do that soon. If somebody is smart enough to make an air fryer for an incompetent asshole like myself, for a guy that doesn't know how to work his way around a motherfucking kitchen as a 30-year-old grown-ass motherfucking man, I just told you my diet would be chocolate croissants and cigarettes if my girl wasn't in my life. That's what I told you. I told you my diet plan to get to 180 pounds would be uh, camel crush menthol. And Whole Foods croissants. You understand what's going on? Somebody was smart enough to invent something where I can get um, still not proper nourishment, but more caloric intake. And uh, <laughs> isn't that fucked up? If I did quit all the foods that I was eating and just had like coffee and cigarettes and water all day. I would uh, I'd probably be healthier than I am right now. That's how fucked food is. That's how unhealthy food is nowadays. Crazy. But, you know, is what it is. Back to the point of it. If there's a guy as brilliant out there to create an air fryer, I'm sure there are people that are like-minded that parallel that beautiful individual's intellect, uh, intuitive prowess to, uh, you know, create something. That would be so useful in society. There are people right now 
working on whatever the fuck is going to allow me to see my internal memory. You know, I don't know if it's going to happen through the metaverse. You're going to get the chip at your fucking crown chakra. They're just going to put a, a computer chip up there and um, you'll be able to throw on your fucking metaverse goggles and you can go to your settings. You go to your settings, right? And it's just going to show you. It's going to say, you know, 84 gigabytes out of your 100 gigabyte brain is filled with ass and titties on Instagram. I got to delete that. I got to delete it. How helpful that would be. That would clear up a lot of confusion for men in America. If you could just literally see it like that, you know? And we wouldn't have to worry about like working on ourselves, being introspective, writing down a list of our flaws, trying to be honest, try to face the shadow, the internal shadow, do some self-work. You wouldn't have to do any of that. The computer do it for you. Uh, <laughs> is that like a Freudian thing that every time I start talking about technology, like a racist Asian accent comes out? Uh, I say that because Elon Musk is the guy we get in America as an example of a brilliant technological mind. Am I supposed to believe there's not Asians out there that are smarter than him? I'm not buying that one. I'm not buying it. He looks a little Asian. <laughs> Jeez. Some guy, last name Nakamoto out there, and he's creating some shit that we can't comprehend, ladies and gentlemen. It's always competition, too. People don't consider that. Like, anytime we get introduced to something, even conceptually, that will be part of our future, you know, part of future technological advancements or something that has just not been about, which that's becoming... It's becoming rare. People to have like new, truly new inventions. Everything right now is like an adaptation. Is an, a new generation is a, you know, working on fine tuning, refining of something that the concept is already there. Like, what was the last real fucking invention that you were like, yo, this shit does nothing like this. I think this one, Steve Jobs was still around. His crazy ass. You know, never trust a nigga that tucked his fucking shirt into his jeans and don't got a belt on. That's scary. That's scary energy. <laughs> That's too much confidence. There's a lot of things like, you know, you take the wrong stride. The shirt comes out of the fucking pants. You bend down. You show some crack. That's way too much confidence. Um, but that type of confidence that Steve Jobs had where you wear, a, a, you know, a linty black turtleneck every day of your fucking life. That level of confidence uh, gave us the iPhone, you know? And I'm not saying through his hands. He didn't have the factory line in his hands. He wasn't the guy that was, you know, drawing the blueprints or, you know, actually making the, the technological enhancements that were required for that to come into our physical reality. He had a big old whip and he found a guy named Steve Wozniak and he was like, stay in the basement until you make me this shit, nigga. Whoop. And now we got the iPhone. I appreciate that. And they let Steve Wozniak roam free. And um, in his place, they have put Asian children. Very nice. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think we need like more new, like actual new shit. Shit that has never been done. You know what the issue with this is? is there's this human behavior. 
it is such a common fucking behavior. And I imagine in the great, in the grand scope, if I fucking zoomed out in the big macro view of all of humanity, it would make a lot of fucking sense why people do this. But it just annoys the shit out of me when people can't analyze something as being different. They need like, or when they do analyze something and recognize that it is different, that it's not like anything else. It always has to come with some level of comparison for a person to truly absorb and digest what they're witnessing uh, that has never been before. You know, it always has to come with some point of reference. And I'm like, that's not how shit works. I mean, we do live in a time where replication, imitation is rampant. It's not a a great time of, of true originality. Things come in cycles, things come and go. You know, it's cool right now to remix. It's been so for a little while. I think for a little too long. Uh, but like I think about like a guy like Jimi Hendrix. When he came on the fucking scene, I imagine people had to take him and ingest what they couldn't understand through the scope of comparison to something else that was like a reference point. And so they miscategorized what he was actually doing. Be like, oh, he's an electric blues. Thing. And it's like, no, you missed the whole thing. It's not it. It's not a, you know, it wasn't just entertainment. Uh, Brought to you by my gas. Gas crisis. I love fucking fear mongering. Oh my God, man. Oh my God. I'm, I'm, I made bad decisions in my life, ladies and gentlemen. If I had the foresight, if I could go back and talk to a younger version of myself and change my lifeline completely, you know what I would do? I would tell them, get into motherfucking marketing. Go into marketing, go into the news media and help these guys with their fucking fear mongering because it's getting hilariously cheap. It is getting fucking hilariously cheap, you know? Major news conglomerates just for clicks, just for eyeballs, talking about there's going to be a diesel outage in America. Come on, son. Come on. Um, and I'm, I'm making fun of them, but I, I, I have to remember that not too long ago, there was a, a craze when gas got high. People thought the gas was going to run out because the price was higher. People thought the gas was going to run out and they started filling up buckets with holes with gas, which was like just feeding the concrete. Uh, they were just putting lotion on the concrete. That's what they were doing. Um, (laughs) that happened. So once again, I'm wrong and they're right. Um, (laughs) yeah, man, there was an idea that was proposed to me a while ago and I'm going to remix that motherfucking idea. I heard from somebody years ago, this idea, which is sounds sick and twisted, but I'm gonna tell how I took it and then how I'm going to take that concept and apply that to my own fantasy. Um, <laughs> get ready. I heard somebody say that if they had children, they would raise them, um, like teaching them the alphabet or teaching them numbers, but everything incorrectly as like a science experiment. And it wasn't really a developed thought. It was more like just the curiosity of how that person would interact with society um, maybe there was some deeper, you know, this is the way I kind of interpreted because that was the whole pitch. We, we were young. 
Um, the whole pitch was I'm going to raise children and teach them the alphabet in incorrect order. So instead of like showing them the letter A and telling them that's A, showing them the letter C and telling them that's A, Sh- showing them the letter F and telling them that's B, scrambling and teaching them incorrectly. But that would be the foundation so they would forever kind of trust the way that they first learned things and um, see how that individual grows up and interacts with society. And beside the path that that is deeply sociopathic and cruel, uh, just for curiosity that you would put your child through such social ills for the rest of their fucking life, (laughs) it's an interesting concept, you know? It's an interesting fucking concept. I wish I could run a school where I would... um, It would take time to kind of do this thought I had. Like almost deny any truths that are consensus, that are existent, any historical proven facts. And I would do so because I have this belief that in order for something to come about that has never been, it can't be working with finite information. It has to be outside the realm of what is universally understood for something new to be, to come from that, you know? And I think that would be interesting. I think that's what society needs. It needs like a group, you know, that would be a fucking guinea pig experiment. It could go horribly wrong. But I think one or two kids, if you did it long enough, if you ruin lives long enough, human beings, we have no problem doing this in other categories, war, um, consumerism, slavery. We don't mind. So we're going to do this in the name of fucking science. If we did that long enough, there will be one or two children that would be so brilliant, naturally, biologically, just an intelligent organism that they would take that misinformation and the lack of fact and somehow morph that into something that is practical, feasible, and pushes society forward. Because their perspective is outside the realm of the consensus box. Does that make fucking sense? Am I crazy? Uh, Yes to everything and no to everything at the same goddamn time. Ain't that how it motherfucking works? It's all how you look at it, baby. It's all how you look at it. If I put a glass of water right in front of me and I stare at that motherfucking glass of water, it looks like a glass of water. Now, if I take that glass of water and I put it right in front of my motherfucking eyeball, it's the same goddamn thing. It's going to look a little bit different. It's going to look a little bit different, ladies and gentlemen. It's just perspective. There's no rights, no wrongs. Not here. Not in this space. Not in nothing important podcast. We like to keep it motherfucking free. Free. Um, What else do I got to fucking talk about? What else do I got to motherfucking talk about? It's not got to. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get on my motherfucking... Instagram preacher vibe. You don't you don't got to, you get to. You don't got to, you get to. Is that a is that a requirement to be an entrepreneur? Do you have to say cheesy con man shit? <laughs> Does that have to happen? You know? Do you have to behind closed doors actually know what the fuck you're doing? But then when you're talking to the masses come across like a fucking retard? Is that what has to happen? You don't got to, you get to. Oh my God, that's going to cure my abject poverty. I never thought about it that way. Um, 
I don't know. It works, so how can I fucking argue? How can I argue it? There's a beauty to everything, man. You just got to find it. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm a fucking hypocritical piece of shit. I'm doing it. I'm doing it right after I critiqued it. Isn't that life? Life is like a pancake. It just depends on which side you flip it on. Um, that reminds me. I just saw this incredible video. I'm probably turn into an Instagram reel. Just proof. The proof is in the motherfucking putties that you give me, you know what I'm um, That I come from the mecca of hip-hop. I come from the motherfucking mecca. The mecca. And where I'm from, east side, Harlem. I was talking about my boy. He, he's a content creator. He's just getting on his journey as well. He does travel videos. Uh, intelligent young men, same age, um, but he is not... Doing a podcast, he's doing like a vlog on YouTube and he's traveling around um, fucking bitches in foreign places and, you know, calling that travel. You know what I'm saying? I see what you're doing, my brother. Um, no, but he's an intelligent guy and he's, he's doing well. I think he's going to do ex- extremely well. You know, I think he's, he's good at what he does. He has the work ethic. And I was just talking to him on the gram and he was saying that he's, he's about to go to New York. I was like, oh, you got to get some footage in New York City. He does like crazy places. He does Brazil. He does... Um, uh, like South America, other places, and Mexico, and DR, and all this shit that he, places he travels. Um, not only to clap cheeks, I'm making a joke. It's like really absorbing the culture and traveling around, doing stuff that the way we grew up, there was such ceilings placed on our heads by society that it's like a, it's a beautiful thing to see. And so he says he's going back home, like, yo, get the footage. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I need to do the east side. So he's like, yo, you're going to be in, in in New York to like show me around? I'm like, nah, I'm not going to be there. I'm, I'm home. Probably not going home. I'm, I'm in ATL. I'm not going home for a little while. And um, he's talking about my other boy that I forgot is from the east side. Uh, my boy CJ. And uh, I was like, yeah, you go with him and do a little tour around there. To see the reality, because there's two sides. Once again, didn't I just call everything a motherfucking pancake? But Harlem is like, there's two sides of the shit, man. There's two sides of the shit. West side, don't get me motherfucking wrong. If you are my age and you came up in the West side, it was greasy. It was fucked up. It was dangerous. But, you know, after I turned maybe like 16, 17, they started the process of gentrification. And then now... You know, there's tons of affluent businesses, tons of, uh, you know, high rises in Harlem, uptown on the west side. East side is it, it's uh, really like the type of buildings that are on the east side that kind of I feel it's going to be very difficult to gentrify the east side. Public housing, the projects is prevalent over there. There's two areas in the, in the entire city of New York that are extremely, um, what is the word for like, uh, um, it's like a condensed area of projects, like many housing project complexes in a small neighborhood. And the first of which, which has the most project complexes in a small neighborhood is Brownsville. And if anybody in New York knows Brownsville, Brooklyn, 
That's probably the worst hood in the entire city. The Bronx got it as a collective. Like the entire Bronx is fucked up. But Brownsville, Brooklyn, you don't want to drive around there. It's crazy. And in the second neighborhood in the entirety of the five boroughs that's most concentrated with projects is East Harlem. So Brownsville and East Harlem, they're almost predominantly project houses, project buildings, New York City Housing Authority. It's craziness. So if you could think about that and then understand the kind of geographical issues that happen with when it's like, you know, I grew up on Third Avenue. So we had Third Ave and Second Ave and they beefing with people that is two avenues away to the uh to the west and one avenue away to the east and three blocks away to the north. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just you you blocked in. And this is in a radius of well like a hundred and fourth street to hundred and tenth. That's not even the entirety of East Harlem. It happens all the way down to Central Park, all the way to the motherfucking river, to the East River. It's all projects. You can't avoid them when you're on the east side. And so that's what he's saying. He want to capture that because it's like people don't know. They the Tourists, they go to 125th Street and they're on the west side and they go eat at fucking... What, what's this guy? He's like a, a famous Ethiopian chef. He got that, that restaurant Red Rooster. So you got famous people going to brunch and eating on 125th Street. It's beautiful. Beautiful. I love, I love the west side. But that's not the whole story. East side is fucking nuts. <laughs> it's insanity. It's fucked up. It is fucked up. You know what I mean? Kids selling crack to their teachers. It's fucked up. Um, talking about that, yo, my high school teacher was on the news. He wasn't my teacher. He was he was actually my school. This is on the west side. I went to school on the west side. But um, the guy's name was Mr. Richard or something like that. It's this white dude, and he, he got on the fucking, he was on the mainstream fucking news outlets. You know what I'm saying? NBC, New York One, uh, they had him everywhere because he had gotten busted. Um, he was, I guess he was pushing GHB, which is like a date rape drug. The nigga had tons of this shit. <laughs> Tons of this shit. I'm like, yo, that dude used to teach at my high school. Uh, some breaking bad at badass shit. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he was a chemistry teacher, but you know, maybe Netflix got to his fucking head. Um, that's a good lesson to think about, ladies and gentlemen. If you are around my age, if you were around like 30 years old, and you worried because um, where did I see this? I saw this on online as well. When do I see things outside of online? It's getting fucking rare. It's getting rare. Um, <laughs> but somebody was talking about like zero to 25. I think it's one of these like these guru niggas that get like two billion views a video. I'm about to put on a turban, ladies and gentlemen. It's getting real close. And they go up there and they uh, they teach you about life and they have these great sayings. The game is tight. The game is tight. I can't, I can't lie about that. And one of the gurus, he was talking about like zero to 25 Life is pretty easy. You know, there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of discovery. There's a lot of experiences that are forced on you that create social outlets and a lot of fun. And the work is not as stressful. The expectation of life 
is not as stressful. And then from 25 on to 45, it's a period of, um, for the average individual, you know, everybody's life varies. You might not have had this experience. You might be stronger mentally where, you know, you see things in a positive light. But for the most part, the way he was describing was like this angst of life hitting you, the responsibilities. You might have children, the financial responsibilities, the, um, the aging process is very difficult for some people to deal with mentally, you know, letting go of what was and coming into the undeniable change that is before all of us. And um, so he described that period from like 25 to 45 years old. And I think about that. I'm like, you know, anybody my age, you think it's as dark and bleak and confusing as it can be, it's just going to get worse. No, um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. The way he described it was like at 45, something happens and you get around mid age. Um, you're approaching your fifties and you learn to have a deeper understanding of the things that truly matter. And that resolve allows you through the storm to smile. And I appreciated that because I like to challenge myself mentally, psychologically, to try to be that age now, you know, to not waste, you know, I already, I'm already 30 years old, five of those, those years of pure fuckery, apparently, is already passed for me, and I got another 15, allegedly, um, but I don't want to, I don't want to live a life of, like, stressing and interpreting the things that happen as a negative, regardless, this is not, uh, this is not projecting negativity in my life. I always have a deep level of confidence and knowing that I'm going toward what I need to be going toward. That's my personal belief. Um, and it's really like unwavering. It is a place of deep faith and more than faith, like a knowing, um, but just interpretations of the hardships, the responsibilities, the level of change, the speed at which life increases as you get older, the responsibilities, expectations, all those things. I don't want to interpret any of those things as a negative. I don't. I want to enjoy them and embrace them. I do. I want to smile through it because we got to die one day. We got to fucking die one day. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the biggest piece of shit you ever met in your life. God damn it. I just critiqued people on Instagram with these dumbass black and white motivational videos. And what am I doing? I'm speaking from the heart. I'm being honest, though. I am being honest. I am being honest. I think there's so much perspective to be had in this lifetime. And there's so many ways to gain perspective that if you really just try to see things in a positive way, no matter what your particular circumstance is, there is an option for you to do so. And it's almost weak, pathetic, pitiful not to, if you're not truly in a situation that is bleak, if you're not a uh, superstar WNBA player, Brittany Griner, who did something that was so fucking insignificantly bad, take a, a, a weed vape cartridge to play, you know, to play ball overseas, something that's so, it should be such a slap on the wrist. We're all adults. Go back home. Do what the fuck you're doing, man. And she's about to spend nine years in prison. If that's not your situation, 
it's almost irresponsible to walk around with a negative perspective, regardless of what's happening. Regardless, you know. Um, do some self-work. People have to do self-work. I'm a student of this. I'm not a master of this. This is this is a journey that I'm on to like truly dedicate myself to being brutally critical of my thoughts, of my actions, of my level of awareness and focus, of my and be very clear as well. Anybody that's listening to this that needs this, not what society deems for you, not what your job deems you need to be or what your relationship demands of you, your demands of yourself. Because when you die, none of those things or people come with you unless you put them in the motherfucking car like the stand video and you drive off the fucking cliff into the water. Unless you, you kill yourself and your whole family at the same goddamn time. Disclaimer, this is not life advice. <laughs> you know, to commit, commit suicide with your family. Um, but unless that's the case, none of that comes with you. So there's no point in going to, to reform and change yourself for anything else other than what you ideally want to see in the mirror. The ideal experience you want to have with this physical reality. Your disposition on a day-to-day basis. Do you want to be a person who's always emotionally up and down or reliant on some external source for your happiness or internal comfort? You know, or do you want to be somebody who's unwavering? That when it is, the sun is shining and God is throwing his blessings on you, you know, that you are the same individual, peaceful, joyous, a man of gratitude and humbleness, but confidence, good to people. You want to be that same individual when the storm hits, you know, and it's possible. It's possible to challenge your perspectives, look at things and realize it isn't that bad. It isn't that bad. It's actually incredible. There's so much opportunity around you. You have to see it. You have to see. I really do believe vision is the most fucking powerful thing. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going on a motherfucking trip in this motherfucking episode. And I don't care. I don't care. You know, vision is so powerful. If you had a superpower, what would that be? I just saw on Instagram. Jesus Christ, it's just my brain is full. Um, I was on social media and <laughs> this is guy Patrick Bet Davis. Iranian guy, sales guy. I know the language. I know the lingua. Very intelligent, militant individual. And he has a YouTube channel and stuff like that. Anybody never heard of him, go check that man out. Great content. Very intelligent individual. Quick to put a nigga in the motherfucking blender. You know, he, he, he knows the, the G-A-M-E. And this individual, he said on Instagram, he was like, um, get into a place in your life where you can, and I'm changing the words up, but you know, you get the same meaning. Get into a place in your life where you can find the strength to live your life for something more than yourself is greater than any superpower. When I read that, I was thinking about my daughter. I was like, that's incredible and that's fucking true. 
That is incredible and that's true. Something happened when she was born that changed something in me that created a level of willingness that I didn't have previously. You know, where I not only have to walk through whatever fire is on the path to what I know I have to be for her, but I also have to smile through it. So that is incredible. It is greater than any power. But with all that being said, I'm going to ask you motherfuckers a hypothetical anyway. If you had a superpower, what would it be? I know what I would want. I would want always correct vision. You know, a lot of people just said, nigga, smoke some weed. Um, (laughs) It's not what I mean. I'm saying like to have the mental clarity and focus that in every moment in my life, I can walk around seeing things the correct way. What do I mean by that? When something is happening that may appear to be bad or appear to elicit a negative reality for my future or appear to harm me, I would have the wisdom, the consciousness and the vision, that's the superpower, the vision, to witness that and understand how that helps me. And ladies and gentlemen, I think I have that superpower. I'm trying to hold on to it every day. It's a fight. You have to be in a certain state of mind. You have to be in a certain state of being. You have to work on it. You have to work on it. But I do believe so. I think regardless of what happens in my lifetime, I I really do see everything as adding to me, as everything happening for me. Um, Please nobody DM me with the motherfucking prescription pills and tell me that I'm delusional. Uh, That's society in 2022. Somebody says, I see the I see the positive in what's going on. They'd be like, oh, this guy's crazy. He's fucking crazy. Yeah, uh, that's going to be a podcast. You know, that is going to be a podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you. If you are continuing listening to the Nothing Important Podcast, continue listening. Go on to the Instagram, like the reels, like the post. Until next time.